Hello, I am James Rowland, and today it's the WNR 408. It's the WWE Elimination Chamber 2022, but I am not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by Jaxie. How are you doing? Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back, James. Welcome back, me. Ready to <laughs> jump straight into this. Well, we are, like I said, the regulars on the podcast. Unfortunately, I had to put Monty through NXT last time, and, and now it's time for <laughs> WWE. And this is not... Well, I mean, Jaxie's always great to have on, but when WWE <laughs> there, it's always, there's an edge to it, you know, when we're watching it, I think it would be fair to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, th- there's always going to be uh, ups and downs uh, when it comes to watching wrestling content, um, you know, we, we clearly have uh, been enjoying other content more than what WWE is currently giving out. That being said, we are still consistently reviewing and watching this stuff. So we might be we might sound like we're either, you know, um, annoyed with the company or anything like that. But we still value the wrestlers that are working their butts off in that company. And we will still uh, watch them and actually review it. So I hope you guys still enjoy it. <laughs> no, without a doubt. And again, it's the commitment of uh, kind of what we watch as well. So, and especially, you know, me watching three hours of Raw, like anybody listening or anybody, oh, you, before you come to us, you know, we, we like I said, we put in the time first to have a go <laughs> at it. You know, there's something worse than me saying, I didn't see it, but you know what I mean? But anyway, we yeah. have got a premium live event uh, to look at. But before <laughs> we've got Raw and SmackDown since the Royal Rumble, probably the most. Can you think of a Rumble event that was more poorly received, especially the men's Rumble match? I know it's a long time to look back. Mm, no, I mean, I I actually had this conversation with Gina as well with Purple Pain. Um, she, we we both had this discussion. Uh, as you know, we were together watching this as well. Um, and I definitely think um, out of sort of the modern era, um, this has probably got to be one of the poorest uh, Royal Rumbles, definitely. Yeah, I mean, even since I've been mean, doing the podcast since 2015, and the first Rumble that we had on the WNR was Triple H winning. We never thought we'd get beaten for badness. And I think this year has taken mm. a biscuit. Uh, but we'll, we'll deal with yeah. the fallout. So we've got January 31st, Raw. And we found out straight away Lashley will be defending the W title inside the Elimination Chamber. Of course, Bobby was already out there seeing the Beast arrived uh, in his gear, looking like he was ready for a fight and challenged uh, Bobby for a match here tonight. Um, Bobby Lashley obviously turned this down. And then Adam Pearce just put uh, Brock Lesnar in the Elimination title match the W Championship. So no matter what Bobby Lashley had, to, to, even if he said yes, he was still going to get Lesnar, uh, no matter what. Uh, so elimination. <laughs> the crowd, though, were really into this. And it's funny because Brock was complaining to Bobby about a uh, manager getting involved and being in control. Wasn't well, that Brock Lesnar for the past 20 years? <laughs> Basically. Um, I mean, he just does, he can't actually even tell that this is just like what he's getting like the same treatment back really um <laughs> everyone else has had to suffer through so you know it's about time that he got a bit of his 
own medicine given back to him. <laughs> Without doubt. Well, we see Ripley beating Nikki Ash. Of course, we'll see plenty of rematches. Miz beating uh, Dominic. And then Kevin Owens losing to Austin Theory for one of the four remaining spots in the Lumis Chamber. Poor KO. And speaking of people that can't catch a break, Ziggler lost to Dawkins as well. Uh, Otis prevented Riddle from winning the scooter race. Yes, I did say that against Chad Gable. If you couldn't win this, we have got a chance of having a rumble, you know. Uh, so Otis and Riddle ended up having a match. And Pierce made it Elimination Chamber qualifier and Riddle won. Uh, Belair then beat Carmella. And then for the first time in over two years, AJ Styles and Rey Mysterio had a match. Uh, this time spot for Elimination Chamber, AJ won a uh, good one. And then Rousey closed the show by coming out to a big pop. Uh, and even though they treated like face, she didn't really act like it. Uh, she's been such a thing about which champion to challenge at Mania. And she has unfinished business with both. Uh, Lynch came out and mocked Rousey a bit. She made her way to the ring. She asked Rousey who she plans to challenge. Rousey responded by taking Lynch down with an arm drag. And promising to ask the question Friday. And then after all this, Lita came out and gave Lynch some compliments. And challenged her to an Elimination Chamber match. Um, my God, Ronda was terrible in this segment, but Lita come out actually saved it. And it's crazy. Well, of course, we get onto the match later, but Lita's probably one they worried about the most. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, again, I didn't actually see this interaction between between them. Um, however, I just think that is um, it, 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 Lita's just one of those people that can can really draw on a crowd. She's got that sort of um real status about her um and i think that right now ronda is hit and miss with different people you know um there's some that actually really are enjoying seeing her back uh there's some that just don't understand why she was brought back and and just kind of shoved straight in the picture as we all expected but you know we'll, we'll kind of have to see how things keep going how things progress for ronda however that being said the the continuous roar and pop that lita gets every time her music hits. It's just never going to change, and I love that. Yeah, they should really have more faith in kind of these, I'll say older, you know, women's wrestlers coming back and actually delivering. They do it enough with the men's, and it seems to be, you know, they come back for one match or one spot. Let's have a run, you know, but like I said, we'll get on that in a bit. We're still dealing with Rumble Fallout, and I've got an issue of apology, because I defended Shane McMahon on the Rumble show, not knowing uh, what was going on backstage, but apparently he booked the Rumble match as well, uh, and was (sighs) going to have a big WrestleMania match, clashed with a lot of people, Brock Lesnar being the biggest one, apparently, and was then let go. Uh, was this a storm on the teacup? Well, apparently, wow. yeah, Shane wanted to come out a different number. And Brock said, look, no, you come out of this time. Uh, and this is what we do. Again, it's all rumours and hearsay until they release mm. a uh, WWE 24 documentary about it. But, you know, <laughs> like I say, it's, it's interesting. It that, yeah, and, and then the rumours about Shane going to AEW, which won't happen. But... You know, Shane McMahon, I didn't think he was that egotistical, so I'd like to apologise. Looks like you were right, Jaxie. I mean, like, I kind of knew this when he, he booked himself to uh, win the best in the World Cup. So um, this this wasn't surprising to hear. Well, I mean, I sounded surprised just a minute ago because I didn't know that he had collided with Brock, but I knew that he was trying to have some say as to where he was going to be placed within the uh, within the Royal Rumble picture and sulked by it like an old bitch when he didn't get the spot he wanted. But it's like, you're not a full-time wrestler. None of us wants to see you at WrestleMania. 
But I honestly, why, yeah. What 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 is actually like? I'd love to ask Shane this. Like, what makes you think anyone wants to see you? And that is not meant to be as an insult, but seriously, what makes you think that anyone was genuinely ecstatic at seeing you come out in the Royal Rumble and genuinely, honestly wanted you to win the Royal Rumble? Do you do you know anyone? That that's a question for Shane. I'll, I'll you can find me at Jackson Scarlett if you'd like to answer. Me. Thank well, the you. thing is, I thought Vince, you know, would tell Shane basically what to do and put in a position, but. Obviously, you're not going to turn it down if you're giving it. But the kind of ego from Shane, from all the other stories we've heard about the McMahons, Shane was kind of the most well-adjusted, you know? So it's a bit weird now, maybe as time goes on, and like we said, power goes to everybody's head, especially if he hasn't got any. But then again, but that is another discussion for another day of what is he doing at the moment. Move on to uh, SmackDown February 4th. Uh, and of course, we get uh, Roman Reigns kicking off SmackDown. When doesn't he? With a long promo, to be fair, talking about the Rumble and I'm not saying, explain. <laughs> "Well, uh, it's too much of a good thing." Maybe sometimes the Beast uh, made the Beast look like a fool. Uh, he said Reigns does not need protection for Lesnar, but Vice versa. And then Heyman officially acknowledged Reigns and demanded Oklahoma City do the same. Instead. <laughs> Goldberg's music played and the Hall of Famer did enter to a big pop. He came face to face with Tribal Chief and just when it looked like he was going to acknowledge him, he said, you're next. So Goldberg and Reigns, two years in the making. Were you excited by this? Over the moon. I'm absolutely ecstatic. Can you not tell? (laughs) No, um, again, I knew this was going to happen. I knew we were gonna. I knew that there was like you know a lot of talk about uh, Goldberg being around and things like that. So I kind of knew we were gonna get it, but it still doesn't mean that I was ready to actually receive it. So when it came out, I just rolled my eyes and was like, "Okay, let this. Let's just get this over and done with, shall we?" Yeah, and it's it's like what it's it's just so weird that they do it. You know, we're thinking we're gonna get Rollins and yeah, Reigns I- again. Exactly, uh, like that. That was a potential issue, but uh, again, one of my biggest argue, well, issues right now is that you've just. Uh, when I say you, this is Vince. <laughs> you've just pushed Big E back into a tag team sort of picture again and forgotten all about him when we could have easily had Roman v Big E even at Ro- uh, WrestleMania, and that would have been amazing. Okay, and and also whilst you bring it up, because I will forget, you know, we get like the Elimination yeah. Chamber match in itself. We've seen obviously, as you just spoke about Austin Theory, Kevin Owens not in it. Uh, you you speak mm-hmm. about someone like Finn Balor as well, of course. What about Edge? Where is Edge? Does he not want to be at WrestleMania? You know, we haven't to... seen him right. Like he's not been seen since um his match at Royal Rumble. Yeah. Am I right in thinking that? Because if I've not seen him. No, he's so, up until Elimination Chamber. Not not seen at all. He could have been in the Chamber match there. But he said, making mm-hmm. it more interest. Have Big E he's in that as injured. well. He's not injured, right? No, no, no. I mean, like I said, you know, the, the thing is, is that obviously they've set up a WrestleMania match for him. But the, the, the thing is, why not have him... In the chamber. Well, we get, well, obviously we get onto that after after everything oh, at this moment in you time. You might, might know more than me at this point, but yeah, you are right. Like, I mean, it, if anyone was going to be able to put on a really entertaining chamber match, it would have been Edge. He's been part of it before. Um, it would have been great. It would have been great to see him just kind of 
amongst the, the likes of, you know, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, all of that. Like, you could just imagine some of the dream matches you'd get out of that. Um, but again, we were cheated out of that. We were cheated out of Kevin Owens in there. Yeah, but uh, even yeah. Finn Balor, yeah, Randy Orton could have been. And I know like Orton doesn't need another chance, oh, yeah. but surely more competitive That's than Riddle. And you could have the Edge Orton mm. moment if you wanted to do that as well in the chamber. Oh, yeah. For God's sake, they just missed out on so many good moments. Damn you, WWE. Well, we'll carry on with SmackDown anyway. We get Ricochet beating Ridge, and then Ridge and Sheamus beat Ricochet and Cesaro. Now that is 50-50 booking, everybody. Uh, Jimmy Uso beat Eric. Elijah defeat Natalia via count-out. Uh, McIntyre made his way out, and in the middle of the promo revealed he told doctors that they doubted his ability to compete at the Rumble and WrestleMania, and they told, he told them to kiss his ass. Um he then left Moss and Corbin Lane. Nakamura beat Mahal. New Day defeated Los Lotharios. And then Sonya Deville joined Charlotte Flair in the ring for the night's main event promo. And it revealed to the to Queen that the Royal Rumble winner Ronda Rousey has chosen Raw champion Becky Lynch. Flair says she made the right choice, saying she was worried about Rousey if she chose to face her. Because the matchup of mums at WrestleMania is damn easy in the fight in the Queen. Flair offered up a match to Sasha Banks, which was quite a surprise, until Rousey made her way to the ring. Uh, says a lot of she said, he said going on. I didn't fly halfway across country in a nice storm to have a chat. You're not special. You were just first. I will see you at WrestleMania. DeVille then attempted a cheap shot. only to find herself uh, on <laughs> receiving end of an arm bar for staring Flair down. Lots to unpack there. Uh, first up, though, Charlotte and Ronda. Charlotte is getting another WrestleMania event. Thoughts? Uh, do you expect me to be pissed off or anything like that about it? Because I'm quite honestly, I just, I am not shocked by this at all. I am not shocked by the fact that she still has her title. Um, she was just handed it for, for this specific moment to have another WrestleMania moment. Um, I really couldn't have cared less. <laughs> I mean, it was a bit of a shock because even at the, um, we were speaking about on the Rumble review, and I mentioned Charlotte, mm-hmm. and uh, not many people could believe. And this is, like I said, they want Charlotte this year, they want Lynch next year, uh, and I can't not see this being the main event either. So, and it's interesting with the Fox executives. I know we don't really get it much here in the UK, but they've got you know I know Lesnar jumps between the two shows, but Reigns and, and Rousey on the on one show is pretty pretty big for them as well. So you wonder if there's going to be maybe a little bit of trouble there. But we'll move on to Raw anyway. And the show opened with Alpha Academy and RK Brona ring for the final round of the competition, a quiz bowl. Yes, a quiz bowl. Uh, they went back and forth <laughs> and see the answers. They were tied at 4-4 going to the final category. But luckily, Randy Orton knew the number of grams in an ounce. So RK Bro won. And that got a big pop from the crowd. I wonder how many grams are in an ounce. And after Orton and Riddle left, the Street Profits came out, got Gable to agree to a match with Alpha Academy 1. And then we see AJ beating Priest clean, so he should get his shot after Kevin Owens. Uh, Miz TV with the Mysterios. And then Dom beat Miz. Blair beat Nikki Ash. Owens beat Theory in an actually really good match. And the crowd was so behind Kevin Owens that even the commentators had to say, oh, Owens has kind of got a reputation here, which is great to see because Owens is one of the few guys, let's speak positive for a second, that can elicit a great response from the crowd no matter what his position. And he's been putting some bad... 
Yeah, I mean, I agree with you there. I think that, you know, um, Kevin Owens is one of those workers that will always make the best out of shitty situations that he's put him in. And he seems like the type of, of person that really just kind of puts his all into it, even when he's not actually into it. So, I mean, it's always great to see Kevin Owens. And like, I love the responses he continuously gets, even when he's being a heel. I think we're about that. One of the shining lights, you know. I think we'll look at this maybe WrestleMania about the kind of guys who seem to be really enjoying themselves in WWE and actually smashing it. And Owens is definitely one of those. We then see Elite Lynch segment, which is good stuff. Elite got the last laugh with a twist of fate and a moonsault. Uh, that was awesome. Elite is fantastic. Do drop beat Liv Morgan. I guess that pushes over now. And then the main event was Riddle v. Rollins, which turned into RK Bro versus Owens and Rollins because, you know, it's what they do. You can't can have a singles match with a member of a tag team without following up with the tag team match after. It's blasphemy if you don't. Well, Orton hit RK and Owens uh, after as Rollins walked away. Uh, and then we see SmackDown February 11th. DeVille kicked off the evening nursing a left arm injury. Of course, she announced she's trying to get Rousey fined $100,000. And then uh, apparently Vincent Mann writes really long emails. That's basically the top and bottom of it, saying DeVille uh, it will abuse her power. Anything like that. And getting involved in the main event or Naomi versus Charlotte title match, her job will be put in serious jeopardy. Which is not getting fired, but serious jeopardy, you know, you, you don't want that really. And of course, Naomi came I mean, out. That because she should have been in serious jeopardy from abusing her power throughout the consistent times she has abused her power. But then again, you know, our, our version of, you know, this is abusing your power and Vince's version of abusing power is two different things. <laughs> well, we see Naomi coming out and slapping. Uh, Deville to close the segment, which is always good to see uh, Naomi actually, you know, with a head held high after so long. Uh, lost the Fares, then defeated Kofi Kingston and Big E. So Big E's title run is just... I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't he's, hate he's Los Lotharios. <laughs> These are two former single, like, mm-hmm. United or heavyweight champions. Two former WWE champions losing to Los Favaros in a throwaway match on SmackDown. Um, and then we see Michael Cole interviewing Roman Reigns uh, about against going against Goldberg. And Reigns saying, if I was in WWE, everybody would be winning because they'd still be in business, which is funny. Uh, and he laughed off Brock Lesnar before saying he was going to Goldberg, Goldberg. Uh, Reigns has no... Res- <laughs> Say, Reigns has no respect for Goldberg, but Roman here, I think, played on it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why, but what the way that he said it just made me laugh so much. I was just like, I, I think that's like my favorite like dub ever. Like, I just want to go up to people and that annoy me now and just go, do you know what? I'm gonna Goldberg, Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, I just that was a brilliant line. It was great. It was good stuff. Natalia <laughs> defeated a liar. Uh, Zia Lee made the save after. We get a Zane Boogs Naka promo segment. Uh, Corbin beats Cesaro as well. And right in the middle of SmackDown, we had a lovely Rocky Johnson uh, tribute as well. Particularly mm. celebrating Black History Month uh, with the Rock narrating. Uh, but when WWE try, they make the best stuff in the world. And that is why we get so annoyed, I would say. 
Yeah, because th- this was just done perfectly. I think actually having The Rock narrate it as well just kind of gave it that sense of uh, familiarity as to who he was dis- he was talking about, obviously being his father. Um, you could hear the amount of pride that The Rock had whilst like doing the- dealing with this whole promo. Um, and I couldn't help but think to myself, do you know what? This is exactly how I sound whenever I big up my dad, you know, when, you know, my dad's not mad at me for swearing on my podcast. But, you know, <laughs> hopefully one day he'll forgive me. Oh, that, that it was, like I said, really, really good stuff. And anybody interested in learning a little bit more maybe about Rocky Johnson or the Rock, the young Rock, mm. has uh, been around this Renew for second Rock season. Um, it's actually quite good. Like I said, I, it's, give it give it a chance. It is, it is good, the young Rock. So um, that's something to watch. And then Michael Cole. Sat down with Goldberg, who dismissed the idea of Roman Reigns beating him in Arabia. He vowed to beat Reigns, take the Universal Championship, and a trilogy like no one wants Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. <laughs> what about if that had happened? The internet would have exploded. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> well, we see the SmackDown Women's Championship on the line next with Naomi versus Charlotte. Uh, this was a fantastic match. Let me try for a view of you towards the end. Only for Flair to chop blocker and deliver natural for the win. Naomi unloaded a braggadocious Deville and to be jumped by Flair and Rousey made the save clear in the ring. But what a bloody match this was. Yeah. It was probably one of my favourite, maybe my favourite women's match this year. You know, that's how oh, good really? it was. Uh, honestly, like... <laughs> It was really decent. You have to admit, both women gave it their all, and you could just tell. It was bad. And Naomi is is when she's given stuff to do, she does it well. And like we spoke about with Kevin Owens, she just received that crowd so so much. You know, yeah. like the crowd are really behind her. I think without a doubt, it's that something that's working there. Even though in a, in a perfect world, it would be looking towards her at WrestleMania rather than, of course. Uh, Charlotte and uh, Rousey but again that's another thing and then Valentine's Day uh, Raw February 14th or as I called it Monday all the men's chamber combatants had a promo Uh, Brock left Fury laying dirty dogs Ziggler was distracted by Chumper while the Prophets finished off his partner for the win of course we're going to get Chumper versus Ziggler on NXT Priest retained his US title over AJ, Lynch and Lee to contract signing. Uh, Becky was a bit bedraggled and begged Lee and not to make her destroy her idol in Lita, which was, again, this is what Becky is best at. Uh, and it really worked here. And then Omos. Do you remember Omos? He killed Alexander oh, and Benjamin. <laughs> oh, yeah. Didn't they come out to, like, the Hurt Businesses? And <laughs> yeah. like, even though they, they, they made it very clear that they're no longer part of the hurt business what <laughs> i know you just it makes you scratch your head sometimes and it's all right us making yeah. a mistake but not when they're in creative or you know, putting the actual yeah. stuff together um gauntlet match I for the... myself do, do the creatives not like actually look back on some of their previous work and go oh no way that's a continuity area right there no 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 obviously with me you know with what we can see they don't uh, Gauntlet match for the final spot in the chamber. We get Ripley and Nikki Ash started. Ray eliminated her. Then Morgan. Then Dewdrop. Uh, finally, Bianca Belair came out. Ripley managed to avoid a KOD. But uh, after a few... Again, these two women 
this is what we should be focusing on. The closing segment, not this year's Rumble, the previous year, I think, with Ripley and Belair as well. And I still remember mm. how good it was. You know, and these two yeah. women should be tearing it up on pay-per-view rather than kind of throwaway match on Raw, you know? You know, I quite, I quite happily would have enjoyed having Bianca Frog as the champion going all the way past SummerSlam and not having that fuckery with Becky just coming and winning it back. Actually having uh, Bianca go all the way up to WrestleMania and actually creating this big feud between her and Rhea Ripley. That would have been such a great WrestleMania match. But no, we have to go with one, at least one of the four, four horsewomen in a title match. Well, that's what I'm saying. And, and, and Belair, Ripley... Uh, have all been fucked over, like I said, by the four horsewomen as well. Of course, with Oscar involved in that. Uh, but Ripley here was fantastic. Even though she didn't win, she's 45 minutes of action uh, and really, really good. So you talk about, you know, again, a positive, giving women time or giving women's match time. 45 minutes here. Really, really good. Um, Bliss, Bliss was then announced as a sixth woman in the chamber match. So were you disappointed that it was Alexa Bliss or are we just, you know, just getting through it? <laughs> I mean, I feel like I was disappointed, but it literally comes from a point of view of me being like, Oscar's not back yet. Is Oscar going to be the same? No. I'm just, you know, false hope, giving myself false hope. Um, and also, uh, there's a thing that happened on Raw, and I just want to get your opinion on it, because apparently this happens to a lot of people, uh, between Reggie Reggie and Dana Brooke, because Dana Brooke just wanted to be friends with Reggie, uh, and Reggie obviously wanted a little more, and when he didn't get what he want, he pinned her for the 24 title. Now, uh, again, I'm a bit weird, because I'm just usually friends, but is there normally an ulterior motive when it comes to men and women that I'm just not seeing? Am I that naive? (laughs) (laughs) I think if that's the case, then I'm probably quite naive as well. I've got a lot of guys that are friends. um, And I mean, I've never kind of come across the point where I've had to actually explain to my friend who's a guy, you're my friend, because it automatically just kind of stems that way. So, you know, I think I like to think that... um, I'd like to think that men are getting better in terms of like reading the signs, um, just like maybe women are. But I think, you know, half the time people are so blind when it comes to advances or lack thereof that, you know, especially for for Reggie, uh, I just don't, I haven't seen all of the interactions between him and Dana, but it really wouldn't surprise me if he got the wrong end of the stick and actually thought she was into him. And she's really into but even if he did, it gives him no right to attack her and take her championship that she holds on so tightly. So, guys, if you're did listening... Did he really attack her? <laughs> when he rolled her up for the pin, which is... I, I couldn't mean, do that on the street. If I did that to okay. you on the street, I'd be arrested. No, of course. But if we're talking just at the fact that it is WWE that we're talking yes. about, yeah, I totally would use my womanly ways to then roll that pin any any man for that title and I'll be like yes come get me bitch <laughs> and run off <laughs> I so, I mean, but then again I also pro- I probably wouldn't use my womanly ways to like blur and get him into thinking uh you know um that I wanted anything more I'm not I am not the type of person to lead someone on just for my own gain uh that's just not I, I I'm just too uh I've, I've got no sort of game face like, my face really reads my emotions very well, so I'd probably suck at that. 
but we didn't even plan this. And what's wonderful about it is actually you're defending Reggie and I'm defending Dana. And we didn't even, <laughs> didn't even try it. I didn't even mean to. It didn't even mean to be like that. But you know what? I'm glad that we were both defending the other one. That means that is a split review right there. <laughs> That's brilliant. Well, we get Alpha Academy ruined the Broga party. Yes, a Broga party, and then beat the mysterious thanks to Miz. I'm not making you. I could write something like they dressed in pink elephant suits and uh, won the ladder match, and you'd be like, "Yep, yep, yep, yep that's that happened." Everyone would actually believe you on that. <laughs> and then the main event. We get Seth Rollins versus Randy Orton, which is, of course, a rematch for one of the greatest RKO's in history back in WrestleMania 31, off the top of my head. Uh, Orton hit an RKO, uh, but Alpha Academy started to come to the ring. Riddle tackled them from behind, and Orton joined him in the aisle. When he got back in the ring, Visual hit a stomp for the win. And Rollins is on a bit of a roll, actually. And after he hit the stomp, he waited 11 seconds for the pin. The stomp is the new pedigree, everybody. Um... Yep. And then we move on to news. And I was speaking to Monty about this, and we'll speak more on the live show. Uh, but it was crazy because one of the news stories coming out, uh, one of them was Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin, apparently coming out of retirement. Uh, that's mm. still news. I mean, that is incredible, considering we've not seen him since WrestleMania 19. That is probably the biggest wrestler to come back, I would say. Yeah. Um,. I mean, I, I thought this was just a joke at first when I saw it, because I think I saw someone tweet about that on Twitter. And I was just like, oh, this is just like a fan thing, a fan thing. And then I was just looking on YouTube and I could just see all, like Wrestle Talks, uh, What Culture Wrestling, all covering this story. And I was like, what? I'm, I'm not going to deny that. I quite happily would be very entertained to see um, uh, Austin match. You know, I, I don't think that he should come back consistently. I think this should be a one-off, but I actually really would ha- would enjoy it. And the thing is, this news story kind of got lost because at the same day, Cody Rose left AEW, which yeah. shook the entire world. Uh, so what were your thoughts on Cody leaving AEW? Do you see him joining WWE? Uh I yeah, I was along with the rest of the world when this happened. Um I was actually in shock. I did not see this coming. I did not see them even like already discussing like whether or not he could return to WWE being a thing. I, I just I would not have you know I would not have said that Cody and Brandy would have left AEW. Um you wouldn't have caught me saying that at all until I heard the actual news itself. So this came as a complete and utter shock. I will say this now, because obviously we're doing the Chamber review, but after Chamber, uh, we saw on Raw, Edge coming out and issuing a challenge for WrestleMania. And he said he doesn't care if you're phenomenal. And then WWE's uh, Twitter machine... Is he calling out Well, apparently so, but Twitter machine, WWE's one, said about Edge's uh, open challenge, it could be all smart. So, if it is smoke and mirrors, you know what that means as well with Cody Rhodes. Uh, so. I was about to say, it wasn't like smoke and mirrors like Cody Rhodes' entrance music or something. Oh, you're only smoke and mirrors. Oh, you're only smoke and mirrors tonight. 
Do it. There we go. We just got our one and only karaoke from James himself. That's Hi. great. Welcome every week to James Sings Wrestling Hits. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, though, like that's come as a shock to me. Um, first of all, I didn't, I hadn't seen Raw or heard any news about Raw, so. You know, good to know that Edge is still back and he's not injured or anything. Um, who is he going to face at Mania? That, this is, I mean, I, I got quite excited at the thought of AJ Styles facing him, but now you just kind of brought up Cody and I'm like, oh God, they're going to do Cody and Edge, aren't they? <laughs> it is going to be so interesting. That is one of the interesting things. And also another interesting thing from Raw as well is Finn Balor did return. Uh, so he looks like he's going to be in the US title hunt come WrestleMania. So yeah, there's I, two things. I did see on, Cham- I, I did see on Twitter that Champa, uh, he teamed with Champa or something last night. Yes, yeah, he teamed with Champa to beat the Dirty Dogs. And of course... Uh, uh, got like another tag team there. Well, as we're recording tonight, NXT's probably main event will be Tommaso Champa versus Dolph Ziggler. So then we'll afterwards... Uh, with that. But like I said, we've still got uh, the Emulation Chamber to go, and we've still got the last SmackDown, the final SmackDown, which was pre-taped because it was all in Saudi Arabia. And I think everybody saw the contract signing, the fumble uh, with Charlotte going head first. And WWE, to their credit, basically aired the whole thing. A uh, different camera angle, of course, with uh, Rousey and Naomi signing the contract over Flair and DeVille uh, with the babyface standing tall. Rousey will have one arm in a match. But this was okay because Rousey was in babyface mode. What do you think of the opening segment? Um, I, I think I think it obviously it did its job. I think that um, Ronda has definitely kind of gone very much babyface. Um, but again, is it just me or did it kind of feel like all of the women in that ring are forgetting the whole reason why they're actually in that ring is because of the mistreatment of Naomi. But yeah, it didn't seem like any of it was really about Naomi and the mistreatment. It was just more about Charlotte running her mouth and Ronda wanting to get like the sort of quick, quick shot in. So it was okay for me. It was fine. <laughs> Well, like I said, and this is what this SmackDown seemed fine, you know. Like we had Ricochet defeating Sheamus, yeah. uh, even though these two have wrestled like numerous times for no reason, they always deliver. Right there. And after the match, with frustrated Sheamus shoved Ricochet into the mat, teasing dissension. I mean, already it's not even okay. it's, it's, it's two months. <laughs> Absolutely baffling. We get Ivor defeating Jey Uso via disqualification, so he couldn't even get a pin over him. So what do you think the hopes were for Chamber? Uh, Drew's... Wait, it's not a disqualification because they stole their masks? Are you serious? <laughs> when you say it like that, it sounds stupid. Um, talk about stupid, we had Drew's promo. I love Drew McIntyre, but I wonder why creative hate him and they've put him in this situation. <laughs> I just don't know. And then probably one of the, the best thing on SmackDown, the Intercontinental title match, Shinzuki Nakamura versus Sami Zayn. Of course, these two men faced back at TakeOver for Nakamura's very first WWE match. It looked like setting up Kinshasa, but Zayn bowed to the floor and targeted the knees opponent, wrapping it around the ring post. And back in, Zayn kicked Nakamura's leg out from underneath him and scored the title off a roll-up. I thought there was great chemistry between these two. Uh, and perfect mid-carders as well aren't they yeah um i really enjoyed this match i thought it was great it just kind of reminded me as well because we've not seen shinsuke nakamura in like a, a massive battle that's 
that doesn't have Rick Boogs on the side that we know is going to just easily, you know, cause a distraction or something. It genuinely was just really enjoyable to watch these two do what they do best. Um, I don't think either man can have a bad match. Um, but yeah, this was just incredibly entertaining to watch for me. And I say, when I say mid-card as well, they could main event, and it's what the IC title is about. These two guys should be elevated from this to then go for the WWE Championship. And I love Zayn mocking Nakamura, Matt Nakamura getting a little bit of revenge, but it looks like, like you said, Boogs is a star in that. And then the main event segment, Roman Reigns uh, wanted New Orleans to acknowledge him, and then Roman Reigns came out thinking of something going to happen, but he just, um, you know... I'm, I'm next for the Universal title and the show went off the air. I would have thought a spear <laughs> or, or something. Am I wrong? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is I boring. mean, uh, I definitely was expecting more and we didn't get it, but yeah. What what do you expect? Yeah. This is, you know, WWE being like, these are our assets. We're not going to do anything stupid just before. It's almost like WWE, look, this match was going to happen two years ago. You wanted it then, so you're going to get it now. And that's the build. Yep. We've we've seen the build to Chamber, which is basically you guys are going to be in a Chamber match and you're facing him. Be happy about it. You know? Um, yep. So we get on to kickoff. And the, the well-known Jackie Redman, Matt Camp, and Pete Rosenberg host this show in a studio from Stanford. Uh, and revealed that Rey Mysterio vs. Miz would be kickoff. The talent was interviewed by Kevin Patrick. Backstage, she took issue with Ray Ripley, referred to her as the Iron Woman. She didn't want to talk about someone who cat-blocked her on Instagram, and she predicted Liv Morgan would win the match. We then get a video package of Alita and showed her training for the match. Now, this is, if there's any reason to watch an hour kickoff, I know the matches, this training, which wasn't featured on the main card show, is Lita yeah. in the ring, trying different moves, going, that's not working, let's try it again. And it got me yeah. so excited. This was excellent, you know? Yeah, it just really showed how much enthusiasm she had at getting back in the ring, at, you know, wanting to do um, what she loves best and, and also just wanting to better herself. It was a great spot. It was a great segment. I'm kind of gutted they didn't really kind of repeat this onto the main show. If WWE do more of this, you know, this is what's saying, especially with the people they got, like a Bobby Lashley or Brock Lesnar, we were a Rousey, yeah. seen it here, getting them ready and, and what kind of train. It's just, it builds more excitement. And I think sometimes they think the match will pay off rather than doing memorable, you know, videos or promos and stuff like that as well. But anyway, yeah. we're going to get onto it because we start off with, it's not good night for us, I'm not going to lie. Michael Cole, Corey Graves, and Byron Saxton. Uh, ringside and Rey Mysterio versus The Miz is the very first match of the night. Well, The Miz slowed the pace, cutting his opponent down and working him over on the mat. He presents a Dominic at ringside and proceeds to uncork a barrage of kicks to the chest of his opponents. But the elusive Mysterio caught Miz off guard, rocked him with an elbow, sent his shoulder first into the ring post with a head scissors. A seated center on a springboard crossbody earned a two count for the master of the 619. Late in the match, Miz took a page from Eddie Guerrero's playbook, pretended to be struck by a steel chair by Dominic. The young competitor suddenly barred from ringside. It looked like the Miz had it all figured out and was going to win with the skull-crushing finale. But of course, the Miz is shit. So he got rolled up <laughs> by Rey Mysterio. 
for the loss. And after the match, if that wasn't bad enough, Ray and Dominic delivered a double 619, followed by a pair of fog splashes to pop the crowd. Jaxie, before I get your thoughts on this match, fuck the Miz. <laughs> I mean, you said it right, right there, because what the fuck? The one time I actually put my faith in you, Miz, and the what you do, like, you literally, I, I thought he had this one. I genuinely thought he had this one. I'm actually baffled. Like, the Miz has become, like, his full-time job is a jobber. That's all it is. You know, like I said, it's an enjoyable yeah. jobber. Don't get me wrong. He has good matches. This was a good match. But not, but... Win, not vote for him to win and he loses. <laughs> Honestly, I, I'm so pissed off. But the problem is, of course, the prediction leagues are starting. If anybody's listened to this for the first time, we do do prediction <laughs> leagues with WWE pay-per-views. And as you can tell, maybe it didn't work out for us in that match. <laughs> it's not. I mean, the crowd were really into it. And I should have realised Ray wearing a Saudi flag was a giveaway that he wasn't going to fucking lose. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, we're a bit silly for not actually thinking about that and, and putting that forward as a, as a sort of nod and an ode to be like, just a heads up, guys, I'm winning. Just, I'm not making excuses. I'm not making excuses. But I will say that if I'd have seen that and it had been kickoff, I would have switched to Ray at that point, you know? Definitely. But we can't, we can't, no point crying over spilt milk. Um, out of five, what would you rate that match? Oh my God, I'm going to be like really horrible. Um, I just didn't really care for that match, if I'm <laughs> truly honest. So I'm giving it a 2.5. That's fine, I'm going to give it a three and a half. It wasn't a bad match. I think uh, predictions, like we say, prediction leagues. We do WWE, AEW and bonus points. Uh, and at this moment, I don't know if you could tell, but Jaxie and James both went for the Miz in that. Start off with a big fat zero. Uh, Monty and Gina went for Ray. Uh, so they get the point. Poll wise, we asked everybody. The... They're not on this chat today. I couldn't deal with it. <laughs> we, I mean, to go behind the curtain a little bit. I mean, if you think what we said about the match is bad, then you should see the group chat was. No. It was like a Tarantino movie. I mean, be fair to say. Um, but anyway, poll wise for this, who wins? Rey Mysterio got sixty four point five percent. Kirk Taylor said Ray should win, and so did Nick as well. Uh, so not too bad when it comes to that. And then the main show. I didn't mind the opening promo. And I'm not completely sick of the chamber gimmick. I don't know about you. No, nah, I thought it was okay. It was but... like a fine opening. It's that you know, it kind of just um after a while they all start to blur into one. So I didn't actually have an issue with opening. What about the chamber match in itself? Which chamber match? As in, just as a oh, the actual thing. Yeah, no, that... I actually the stipulation. I think it changes things up from. What we usually get, you know, we've got the whole Hell in the Cell gimmick. Um, and that when done right is good. But I, I also agree with the uh, Elimination Chamber that when done right, it's good. Yeah. Well, so I'm not completely sick of it, so I weren't too bad to see. Uh, and then our first match to start uh, was the Universal Championship. Roman Reigns versus Goldberg. Reigns starting the show again. Are you surprised he was kicking it off? Um. 
I, th- I'm, I am surprised that this was the match that was kicking it off. But at the same time, I'm not surprised that either Roman or Goldberg were like, let's just get this over and done with. <laughs> so we don't think you Goldberg's going to last. Goldberg's not going to last. All right, let's get him out there first and get the yeah. job done. Uh, but great exactly. promo video between the two. Two epic entrances as well. Michael Cole pointed out Reigns is on the longest title run in 35 years. And the only names with longer reigns are Pedro Melis, Bob Backlin, Bruno Sammartino, and, of course, Hulk Hogan. Um, but before the match got started, Reigns grabbed the microphone and told the fans of Saudi Arabia to acknowledge him, mm-hmm. which they did. And then we get the dreaded trest, uh, test of strength, with Reigns took control until Goldberg delivered a spear. He set up for the jackhammer, but Reigns counted in Uranagi for two. The Tribal Truth tried for a spear on his own, but the veteran caught with one. The WCIKL set up for another jackhammer, but Reigns counted with a guillotine choke, and the title holder tightened his grip on the head of his opponent, and after a minute of Goldberg's attempt to escape, he passed out, and a referee called for the bell. What did you think? I'm really not shocked by this this ending. You know, they're, they're always wanting to protect, uh, you know, they're big stars, and then they screw themselves over when they're like, oh, gosh, who are we actually going to have win? So for some reason, they decided, yeah, we're not going to make Goldberg lose because he wins every Saudi Arabia match because the Saudis love him. But then they're also not going to have him win against the likes of Roman Reigns, who is, you know, one of the best uh, champions at the moment and longest reigning, as you said. So... Oh, this was a big, massive eye roll for me. Like, I didn't expect uh, Goldberg uh, to win at all. But by doing this 50 fig booking, it's just so WWE. It just kind of, I can't help but just feel like WWE are really pathetic for always choosing the wimpish way out of things. Like, there's some, there, there, there are wrestlers out there that actually can take the loss, and yet they still won't do it. So I'm just baffled that anyone loses now that, unless they're the Miz. But one interesting thing, this is the very mm. first time Goldberg ever lost by submission. So he has, Reigns can they're say that. that At least, they, yeah, of course they're going to do it that way then. Like, it will make things, you know, easier for them if they can go, oh, yeah, like, this has never happened to Goldberg before, but it's happened on a frequently regular basis when it comes to their actual current uh, superstars. Yeah, I would agree, but I think for what it was, and you're going to hate me for saying, I think this delivered. What were we expecting? I was expecting Goldberg not to get him up for jackhammer, and maybe that's why they didn't even attempt it. But the spears, I mean, three or four spears, and that before anybody got injured, Reigns is fine. I'll take that. You know, I will take that. I didn't mind it at all. I, I mean, for Goldberg, it's still a little bit, Obviously, of the guy who was compared to what he is now, uh, but I didn't mind. Just a bit of a taste of Roman's own medicine. I would have actually enjoyed Rock coming out and just mind fucking them in terms of just I don't know delivering a spear or an F five to um, Goldberg and not Roman Reigns, so that Brock could come out, you know, on the next SmackDown or Raw, whichever one he turns up on, and it just goes, yeah. I helped you win. Yeah, but how annoyed you know? how annoyed would you have been if he brought less of it done? They go, Oh, he's helping him fucking win now. So like sometimes so <laughs> I think I think I think I would have preferred that than Goldberg like uh you know, 
running, um, like just pretending that he just passed out. I don't know why. I just think that the whole pass out thing has just been so over overused in WWE lately that it just, yeah, it doesn't excite me as much. So, what are your scores? What are your score for that? Well, I <laughs> think, think, I think overall, let me just have to, yeah, let me just quickly like point out, like I think the match was actually really good. I really enjoyed it, and it was probably you know one of Goldberg's more better matches that he's had in recent years. It's the ending that disappointed me the most. But that being said, I'm going to give it a three point five. Yeah, I'm going to give it a three point nine five. I don't. Bad. This wasn't bad. Predictions. We all went range, so it means Monty and Gina on two, James and Jackson one. Poll wise for this, uh, who wins? Roman Reigns got eighty nine percent of it, but who has ten? Who's ten percent? Goldberg. Who did that? Uh, and when we asked, <laughs> who did that? And this is like you're gonna like when we asked who wins. World weary guy says, well, the fans won't. And I said, you're not wrong there. You, you can't really argue with that, to be fair. Um, so mm. we move on and up next. It's Ray Ripley, Bianca Belair, Doodrop, Liv Morgan, Nikki Ash, and Alexa Bliss battling inside the Elimination Chamber. And Bliss came out last, even though she started in the pod. That didn't make oh, sense. Oh, gosh, honestly, I was having a bit of a mare on Twitter because I was like, can someone explain this to me? Why... Both Nikki and Liv came out, and then Alexa Bliss, just for Alexa Bliss to go into the last pod. How did that make any sense whatsoever? It was, oh my gosh, it was baffling. It's just like the whole watching the TV from the side sort of thing. Like, what are you doing? Well, we get a swing in her pod. Just to make things more, you know. Uh, and we get Morgan and <laughs> Nikki Ash kicking off the action with a new competitor joining Frey every two minutes. Used to be five, cut down to two. I was a little bit surprised at this. Uh, but we will continue. And Nikki controlled the opening minutes of the bout, but the rival Dewdrop was third entrance, halted the momentum. It was only when she rushed at the Scott, they collided with one of the pods that Super Wannabe was neutralised. Ripley entered fourth, setting the sights on a former partner, Nikki. She bounced her friends face off the steel, sending her crash into the ground. And then the Riptide followed, and Ripley scored the first elimination of the match. Bliss, who was the winner of the very first women's chamber match in 2018, entered next, took the fight to her opponent. She took Ripley down with a hurricane runner, delivered a nice double new moonsault to the midsection of Morgan. Morgan recovered, the sunset flip powerbomb to do job, and scored the elimination. Uh, Belair then exploded into the match as a last century. Took the fight to <laughs> end the half. She then delivered an awe-inspiring one-armed gorilla press slam to Morgan. Just looked so kind of, yeah, I can pick someone up with one arm. And then threw her back in the ring as well. Belair is incredible. She really is. Um, this was just so impressive. Uh, you know, Miss Belair, if you're listening, if you want to, you know, uh, bench press me I'm not I'm quite thin and I'm small and I think that that would be really fun just to get weight lifted by you so please do give me a call if you ever want that want to do that because that just looked insane she's got such an incredible amount of strength and I have no idea like how she manages to kind of get through a lot of these matches and not come out the winner because she she just looks incredible it's just pure power as well. It is mental uh, what we're seeing. With uh, We see uh, Deliver Spinebuster Bliss, and then we get a tenth stare down with Ripley. 
momentum as a chance of this is awesome rain from the stands after someone up the ship Blair and Ripley unload on each other Morgan ended with a double co-breaker only for Bliss to take her down and send her packing with twisted Bliss of course Morgan eliminated there shortly after Blair did with the KOD on the nightmare to end her match leaving Blair and Bliss uh, Blair powerball Bliss has assigned the chamber several times before missing a four- 50 splash. Look at this try to set up for a DDT, but the ESC WWE fought out. Tried for a standing moves up, but Bliss got her knees up. We get more tense back and forth action, gave way to a KOD and a big victory for Bianca, Bianca Belair. She will be going to WrestleMania, but sometimes it was like they were just running through it as quickly as possible. Why not give it more uh, time to breathe? But what were your thoughts on this match? I mean, I agree with you there, but I also think that there were um, there were just multiple different moments where each woman got a chance to shine, and there were just some really great spots here. I want to give Liv Morgan a bit of a heads up because she had such a great move against, I think it was both Dewdrop and Bianca Benner. Um, It might have been someone else, but there was just like an awesome spot that she did that I thought was really good just shortly before Alexa Bliss then took advantage and... and uh, gave her the twisted fist. But, um, yeah, I just think that there were some great spots. Um, I, I think that this women's match was really enjoyable, and I think it really showcased each woman very well. Um, there are so many different strengths that they all brought to the Elimination Chamber. I think well, that, I think you, you bang on the money there. I think what we've seen, especially in women's matches more, is them getting their moments. I mean... You can argue maybe do dropped in, but even Morgan, you know, had a little bit of a moment. Uh, and Ripley, you know, just looks great as well, even the reaction she gets. Um, yeah. I thought it was really, really good. Got out of five. Uh, I'm gonna, do you know what? I'm going to be, I really did enjoy this match. So I'm going to give it like a, a, a four and three quarters. Uh, no, a four and a quarter, sorry. I'm going to give it a four. Like I said, really, really good stuff. Predictions all Belair. So uh, I'm not going to keep saying it. I'm not going to give Monty and Gina the satisfaction of saying that they are a point ahead of us. Uh, I, yeah. will, I will just let you know it's gone different. Point-wise uh, <laughs> on there, uh, we've got who wins. Um, Liv, Nikki and Doudrop got 2.4% altogether. Ripley, 7%. Alexa Bliss, 42%. Bianca Belair, 47%. Um, a lot of people there as well with the votes going for Bianca Belair. And then up next, it was Naomi and Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte and Sonya Deville. Um, Naomi, what an entrance that was. I actually put, like, banger mm-hmm. here because the full glow gear. I thought, why didn't she wear yeah. that all the time? How good did that look? It looked amazing, and you just saw how the crowd just really were into her, and and just listening to that that big pop that that kind of comes with her entrance music as well. Just it, the whole aesthetic of it, it just looks great, and um, she's just got like such a great presence that so many people will just all kind of look to her anyway. Then you take out the lights and you just let her glow, you let her shine, and you're just like, okay, this girl's unstoppable. I think without a doubt, we, you know, we saw the entrance. I'm like, I hope she wears that more often. Like I said, just getting better. The entrance, getting people behind her. And she's delivering in-ring as well. And the interesting mm. thing, we've seen lots of women, uh, of course, at the chamber of this event. Uh, different attires. 
because of course you're not allowed to show in so that's why you've got to have the kind yeah. of uh, I think some of it really worked, especially like Ray Ripley, just didn't look any different, you know, and uh, yeah. always talk about Naomi as well. But Ronda Rousey wore her G, uh, which I thought, exposing your feet, is that allowed? But again, I don't I don't know what the the rules are, <laughs> you know, like... Yeah, I, I wasn't too sure about that. I thought, I thought she looked really cool, but at the same time, I was just a bit like... What? Why is she look so so different? It's almost like she was like trying to take a rebellious stance. Mm. Um, that being said, I I also still think that she she came across looking very like like MMA and and martial arts professional type. Um, so that probably gave off like a a really good um a, effect uh to the audience. So um, yeah, yeah, I've, I think she did. The, I think it did the job. You know. I think the thing with Ronda as well is that people might say like, well, you know, who you did see and she's like, yeah, well, my bronze medal at the Olympics and this motherfuckers, you know. <laughs> so you go, yeah. all right, fair enough. Uh, well, we, sure. see, <laughs> we see Rousey starting the match with DeVille. I have heard of a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest, but I never heard of a two one-armed women in a fight. <laughs> but DeVille was uh, playing a ruse and Ronda found herself on a defensive following a cheap shot from Flair, and we see Charlotte and Deville dominating the former Raw Women's was unable to appropriately defend herself with, of course, one arm free. Much needed tag to Naomi Sparks to come back for the baby faces as uh, she unloaded a corkscrew plancher to Flair. A big kick from Deville overturned the advantage of the hills for Naomi unloaded a kick and made a tag back to the baddest woman on the planet. And she fought through the disadvantage, delivered a pipist pit, and tapped Deville out. All with one arm. If anything was proven here, Ronda Rousey can beat anybody. And usually, even with one arm time on her back. Clearly. Um, I, I'm i not trying to badmouth this match because I thought that it was good in certain spots. I think that Naomi's hot tag was really great. Um, I just... That we we are again. We're all forgetting that sort of the the main reason why we were getting this match is because of the mistreatment from Naomi, and yet she gets the hot tag but doesn't get to do the pin. This baffled me. I'm just like, and it baffled me mainly because, you know, we we all know that Ronda can tap anyone out. We all know Ronda probably can beat every single woman on this roster. There was no need for her to tap Sonya out. There was no need. It, all it was was to be building up this match between Charlotte and Ronda. That doesn't need any of that attention because they're going to get it anyway. They're two massive stars. So what? You couldn't give Naomi the win. I was a bit bitter here. But for me, that did, that that annoyed me. But you know, I'm <laughs> I'm a stickler for continuity when it comes to matches. What did you think of the match overall? Anyway, because this again just showcased Rousey, but at least Naomi did get the win. I mean, it did showcase Rousey. Um, Naomi got the win. Naomi got like the hot tag, which you could just hear the pop from the crowd. They really just wanted to see her like just be unleashed, you know. But it was it just ended too quick. Her little hot tag, um, and then she was tagging back in Ronda, which was really disappointing. I was hoping, you know, she was going to get the hot tag and get the pin, you know. Um, so yeah, I would have done things differently here. I thought the match itself was good. Um, it. Ronda, you know, just impressed everyone uh, wrestling one-handed. But, I mean, from my point of view, we all knew she could do this. So, there's not really much of a surprise. It would have come more of a surprise being like, yeah, sit on that, Sonia, because you just got pinned by Naomi again. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I completely agree. Just score it out of five. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it a four. I thought it was a good match. I thought that the stipulation for Ronda was good. Um, I'm glad that Naomi won, you know, um, so I'm trying not to complain too much. I just think it would have been a, a much sweeter deal to have allowed her to have gotten the pin too. Yeah, I would agree with you. I'm going to give it three, uh, three quarters out of five. That's a good match. Predictions all went Rousey and Naomi. Uh, Poll-wise for this, uh, Rousey and Naomi got 80% of the votes. <laughs> I think we all know where that was going to go. And then we get the Fools Count Anywhere match. Drew McIntyre versus Mad Cap Moss. And McIntyre had promised a Mad Cap Maulin and Boy, did he deliver. The Scott Faulkner Hill up the entrance ramp and then back to the ring. And in the moment, probably most memorable all night, he delivered a verse Alabama slam, spiking Madcap Moss on his head. How did that not kill him? Oh, God, that just looks super painful. Um, uh, You know, I was really cringing here. It was just it was just such a scary moment um to watch. You know, I'm instantly just thinking about his head and I'm just you know, as much as I d- consistently discuss that, I'm just so annoyed and over the whole happy Corbin Madcap Moss thing. Same time, I don't wish that on anyone and that just kind of reminded me of Lance Archer and the way that he had sort of um landed on his head. I was just praying that there there wasn't gonna be any actual damage. Well, this is the thing, and it reminded me more of um, when Owen Hart jumped with Stone Cold there because it's another guy kind oh, of yeah. doing the move for you, and, and especially when you've kind of got no control and your head hits that hard. Obviously, Brock at WrestleMania as well lands on his head, but, I mean, this mm-hmm. was crazy, and you can see, you know, Corbin playing, referees checking him, and then as soon as he got on, he's all right, they're like, right, show the fucking replay. Show, show that. Yeah, they they, they kept slowing it down, and I was like, do you want to make us any more uncomfortable? Like, God. <laughs> it's not enough. enough. It's not enough. <laughs> and just, uh, McIntyre could have taken it easy. And I'm not saying he's dangerous. He's not dangerous at all. But he launched Moss over, <laughs> with an over suplex on the floor, and then sent him over the announce table as well. Uh, Corbin joined in the former champ in the guardrail, but McIntyre recovered. He cleared his rival from ringside with his sword and then flattened Moss with a claymore with sword in hand for the pinfall victory. But fair play, Moss. It's a stupid gimmick, but he has got huge toughness. Yeah, um, again, this, um, this match was okay. I think my biggest shock came from when he decided to deliver the claymore with the with the sword in his hand. <laughs> I genuinely thought he was about to decapitate him. I was like, he's throwing that. it in his head. <laughs> yeah, probably, maybe. Because I was just thinking, you already dropped him on his head. Why are you still carrying that sword? <laughs> it was a little bit terrifying, to be honest. But yeah, I, I enjoyed the match. I thought it was good. Uh, I, I think I paid more attention to it because of the Madcap Moss dropped himself on his oh, yeah. head. At that point, I'm thinking, because it gets horrible to say, but when the something like that happens, you go, oh, shit, this is might never, ever get shown ever again, if you know what I mean, if it's that bad. And again, yeah. we don't want to watch, I don't want to see Joss getting injured by D-Lo, do you know what I mean? I don't want to see Owen Hart falling. I don't want to exactly. see that, but, you know, you exactly. think... Exactly, I didn't want to see um, Ray Phoenix's arm get, <laughs> yeah. you know all the way back and I am very grateful to AEW because they didn't replay it 
Yeah, yeah, like I said just, it. And I think, I think they think might have they done, did. but then again, you weren't watching, so it's it's like I said, it's few discretion. Yeah. I mean, it's, I definitely turned around. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was all right this match, but it meant nothing. We're getting Corbin versus McIntyre mm. at Mania. I mean, this is the same Drew McIntyre. Oh, was, but you need to understand how annoyed I am. By that. He's full I, for, for no, WWE Championship. That. You know, WWE yeah. title last two years, and Roman Reigns the year before. How annoying. Yeah. Um, I, I don't understand why this is needed at Mania. This could be done on the rule before Mania, and I wouldn't care. Like, this is why we're getting two nights worth of stuff for bullshit matches like this that no one asked for. Well, this is WWE's problem with heels. And yeah, you might have a couple of good top level heels, but apart from that, it's bollocks. And if you think Happy Corbin is like it's a legit threat, and I know people can go, well, we've retired Kurt Angle. Fuck off. You know, Baron Corbin well, has been a joke. I mean, I still think that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was the for a very match. long time. Uh, out of five, yeah. though, what are you going to score it? Two. I'm going to give it three and a half because there's not many times you see a, a man landing on his head and coming out the other end. And it gave him respect. I mean, I was like, fair play. Uh, predictions, we all went Drew. Uh, poll wise, I don't. I, a couple of polls have been really, really one way. Yeah, McIntyre eighty eight percent. So more people thought Mad Cop, Mad Cop Moss was going to win than Goldberg versus Reigns. Take that as you will. I mean, what are they thinking? Thinking that. With Whoever the... voted that, I'm sorry, but you do need to actually go back and watch some previous rules and smackdowns and actually see what Happy Corbin's been doing and then come back to me and tell me that you genuinely think Corbin's going to win. We appreciate everybody who participates in any poll on the WNR podcast. The views of Jaxie are Jaxie's herself and shouldn't be viewed by anybody else. Yeah. That's <laughs> well, how well I did there. I thought, I've done this before. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's got like a little piece like of paper that is called the, like the Jaxi disclaimer. <laughs> Let's do it after every show. No, um, yeah. <laughs> we get a backstage interview with a Miz talking about being cheated out of a win against Rey Mysterio. Miz said he would find a tag partner who's a global superstar to help him fight Dom Ray. And spoiler alert, it is Logan Paul. <laughs> oh my God, no. <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? No, I'm... I'm oh, you're genuinely serious. I thought um, you were taking the piss out of me then. No, I'm deadly serious. That tag match has been set for WrestleMania now. Well, fuck you, Ben. <laughs> Started so well. Well, let's... Have Bad Bunny instead. Well, exactly. Apparently he's... the match. Bad Bunny concert don't sound bad because he's bringing the Untaker out in American Badass. So I'll take that over watching a Logan Paul match. <laughs> me too. Me too. I think a lot of people would. I think that. Well, like we said, it's been a lot of shenanigans, a lot of funny things here tonight. But this match in itself deserves undivided seriousness and attention. It's a raw chip match. Lita versus Becky Lynch and the veteran outsmarted and outwrestled and overconfident Lynch early but big time Bex turned the tide in her favour by hanging her up on the top rope she pounded away at the Hall of Fame rocked her with a back elbow and caught her with a spinning back kick but a leg dropped from the middle of the rope to the surgically repaired neck of her opponent had the total holder rolling 
Lynch delivered two Beck's blows with suplexes, but a third was countered as Lita drove a face first into the mat. The exchange of rights brought into this match, and the pair of clotheslines stunned the champion. Crossbody earned the challenge with an earful as the crowd came alive. A pair of roll-ups ensued for Lita attempt to grab a hold of a sleeper. Lynch wriggled away free, making it to the ropes, forced to the break, but when Lita scaled the ropes to the moonsault, Big Time Bex wisely rolls to the floor. The challenge to slam Lynch into the commentary table, but Lynch then hung her opponent up in the ropes for the second time in the match. Lita broke out a stratosphere in honour of Stris Stratus, but could not keep Lynch down. Big Time Bex recovered and applied the armbar, uh, but Lita fought off the champ transition to the manhandle slam, but Lita draped her foot on the bottom rope, breaking the count. Moments later, Lynch mocked Lita's moonsault, but came up empty. The challenge delivered a twist of fate, followed by the moonsault, only to get a 2.95. Uh, the shot kick out opened Lita up for one more manhandle slam as Lynch now really retained her championship. What were your thoughts on this? Well, this was fucking brilliant, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and, and act like, you know, I thought the title was going to change hands. But at one point, I genuinely did just have like a, a little bit of hint of excitement at the thought of, Damn, can Lita actually win this? This, I mean, if we're if we're gonna go back to the Attitude Era and go back to me as a little girl watching wrestling growing up, you know, um, some of the iconic women that I followed back then were the likes of China and Lita, and she just didn't miss a beat. She, oh my gosh, I could watch Lita in matches now with these up up to date, you know, sort of current women in on the roster. And still be blown away by the the type of moves that she can still do at her age. I'm just so impressed and in awe at Lita. Um, I would have been exactly like the Saudi crowd and just still cheering her on as if she is a champion because that's how she came across a straight up champion. Well, about that, like I said, twist of fate up for the moonsault. I thought she's not going to do it. She's not going to do it. And then Lynch kicked out, but you're thinking, fucking hell. And this is what mm. I love about wrestling. I remember. Back in 2000, I think it was, Triple H was the champion. He faced Takamichi Noku. And I thought Taka was going to win at one point. Is how good the performances are for both wrestlers. And Lita made me believe on Saturday. She, on, I honestly, for a second, I thought how good the performance was, how good the match. And Lynch does a lot of things that annoy me. But I can't blame the effort she put in this match as well, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, I've got to admit that the match between the two, it was just like a dream match that that actually delivered. You know, you could tell that both women were enjoying uh, wrestling one another, but you could also tell the amount of effort both of them were putting into it. It was just really great to see. I enjoyed it so much. I mean, the thing is, is Lita was excellent, was excellent. Mm -hmm. Um, And when Edge returned, everybody kept saying, oh, how great he looked and how great he is. But Lita deserves the same treatment, you know. And one of the things yeah. I really liked about it was being able to take a bow. And I don't know if that was scripted or not, but the fans were so invested in there, giving a round of applause after that match. If that doesn't show WWE that Lita's got one more run in her, then they don't deserve her. You know, let her go to AEW and have, you know, a match you know, matches that we know she can deliver. Yeah, exactly. And I have to agree with you 100% on that. I really do think she has, like, you know, one more decent run in her like, where she can hold the title. And I would love to see it around her waist. I really would. 
It was. It was a moment in wrestling because, you, like you said, we've seen so many wrestlers from the past come back and been so disappointed. And Lita on this night, you know, created magic with Becky Lynch, and it was a, a sight uh, to be seen. There's no. This is head and shoulders my match of the night over everything. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to give this uh, a four three quarters out of five. Uh, the only reason it's not really getting a five for me is because maybe this is a little bit more build up and not Saudi Arabia. But again, everything else yeah. was perfect. Uh, what were you going to score this? I'm I'm going um, I'm going exactly the same as you. Um, I I think that this is just uh, this was just brilliant uh, storytelling. I think that if we had got it at a different pay per view um, with more, much more build up, I think that it could have been a five uh, rating match um but i'm gonna give it a four and three quarters yeah and if wwe doesn't say i will thank you lita uh, for that yeah as thank well you, that was amazing the predictions we all went lynch so anybody paying attention you know what that fucking means um poll wise becky lynch 81 percent of the vote uh and again like you said it, yes lynch was gonna win but when you get caught up in it that is what's magic so, you know, like we say, sometimes, um, you know, it can be. But this is what wrestling is about. And one of my earliest memories as well, watching wrestling, was seeing The Untaker. And The Untaker has been announced for the Hall of Fame. Like we said, the same week as Austin was going to come out of retirement, Cody left AEW, they announced The Untaker for the Hall of Fame with an epic video. For me, there's no more special to me than The Untaker. Um how do we broach it? The Untaker and the Hall of Fame. It's just meant to be, isn't it? It really is. I mean, you can't fault it. Um, you know, we expected this to happen at some point. He would have been in the Hall of Fame much earlier on if he wasn't, you know, um, doing one-off uh, matches and coming back for them and stuff like that. So I think this is well-deserved and something that I'm really looking forward to seeing Um you know, I think we've discussed, especially if anyone's listened to our previous uh, WrestleManias and stuff, we've had discussions where we, we're baffled as to why someone's being inducted in. This, on the other hand, is something that is very much well-deserved, and I'm just I'm just very pleased and over the moon for him. Uh, I can't take credit for this idea, but I thought it was excellent, and I will find who said it on Twitter to me. They said, just imagine, though, having just the Untaker as the inductee for this year's Hall of Fame. Do you know what? That would be fine, because this has become a, a sort of novelty joke in the first place. You've got the likes of freaking Donald Trump in in there, you know? Like, it starts to make, it, make things a little more cheaper when non-wrestlers have actually made it to the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, this is something that I used to take seriously watching... Uh, especially back towards the Attitude Era, but when you look at some of the um, prior, like, previous inductees over the past few years, more recent years, it's, a bit, it's been a bit questionable, you know, kind of thinking, like, well, what have they done, really? Is it just because they've served this amount of years in the company, or, or what? It'll be interesting. Like I said, if he is just the one act, that would be perfect. I mean, you can have a few other legacy awards and whatever, but you don't need 
you know, Kevin Nash going in for the fourth time, if you've got the Undertaker going in first, you just leave it like that. And like I said, let him talk for as long as he wants. You know, he's probably got an hour of stuff to say on his induction speech. So, you know, it, 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 that's what it's all about. Um, someone probably not going into the Hall of Fame is the Viking Raiders. Uh, they made their way <laughs> to the ring. Uh, the Usos attacked and the match didn't even take place. They travelled all that way. They travelled oh 20 20 hours to get attacked on the way. And again, I hate saying it, but the Raiders probably will be released in the next round of cuts. Uh, were you surprised that we didn't even get a match? Yes. Yes, I was. I had just sent a tweet as well. I look like the biggest idiot on the planet right now because I made a tweet saying about, well, okay, maybe they'll do a little bit better because uh, maybe they'll do a little bit better because of, you know, they, they, delivered so poorly on their individual sort of singles matches no <laughs> they just made a fool of me yeah yeah well I didn't even get any of their entrances i'm sorry but do do you not think that especially for the usos and their day one entrance do you not think that a lot of people would have gotten like you know sort of hyped up off of it and mm-hmm. stuff because of you know in my opinion yes they would and I just don't understand how how or why we were given this. No, didn't make any sense whatsoever to do that. Uh, Poll-wise for that, the Uso's got 72%, even though the match didn't happen. So we, we moved <laughs> straight on to the main event, uh, which is Bobby Lashley putting his WWE Championship on the line against AJ Styles, Austin Theory, Seth Rollins, Riddle and Brock Lesnar. Um, in the main event, of course, uh, to be in the main event of WrestleMania 38. Um, well, the fireworks and the cameraman didn't care for Bobby's entrance. I think it's the most perfect, like, the fireworks went, and just died on him. Um, Bobby said he's been in the chamber before. That match was December to Dismember, which is probably known as one of the worst pay-per-views in WWE history. Um, I don't know about you as well. The entrances took fucking ages. I'm going to say this in Goldberg versus Reigns, but men's chamber and the men's chamber entrances were longer than the actual matches. Yeah, I mean, again, with this whole... Because they did it for the men's as well, where they had Brock come out last, but he was also in a pod, but Seth and Matt Riddle were already in the ring. It's like... they They just make some real questionable, like, decisions. And they're not they're not always for the better. You might think that just because we're talking about it, it means that, you know, you've done something right. But th- like this whole stipulation with the, having the, the person that is in the last pod come out last makes no sense. And then you just have these matches that you actually can remember the entrances for more than the actual match mm. because of how long their entrances went compared to the match itself. That's not good. Honestly, it was, it was so long and boring after a while. I was just like, AJ's making his way. But just cut straight into it. You don't need to pose in the ring. Just the entrance, 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 you're going to do it. Uh, and Riddle with the flip-flop fail, uh, which is not easy to say. And like I said, Rollins and Theory started the contest because why not? Uh, Theory answered with a four-way slam after some shots of the fight spilled outside. The visionary launched his younger rival into Lashley's pod with a powerbomb, breaking through the plexiglass and injuring the champion in the process. Riddle 
Next, pairing off with Rollins, renewing their rivalry. The former Universal Champ delivered a jarring reverse suplex off the top rope for a near fall as medics and trainers and W officials assisted and apparently injured Lashley out of his pod and out of the chamber. Now, Jaxie, I know you've been saying a lot of stuff on this show, but i got to say, this kind of shit makes me sick because you are cheating the crowd at this point. You know, WWE knew that Bobby Lashley needed shoulder surgery. They knew after the Royal Rumble, and yet they've stuck this there. It's false advertisement, and it's not fair. It, it really is. And it is also just like a, another spot that could have gone to any of those that we listed earlier. You know, um, I, I do have to actually put this in because this didn't come from me, but I actually spoke, obviously, with my sister, uh, with Gina, and I wanted to actually put in what she she said about this match um even though she's not on here but i'm going to speak on behalf of her because i thought um what she said had a bit of a valid point they could have easily spun this storyline about you know bobby lashley's injury and have it so that mvp decides to optionally take bobby lashley out of of the running even though he's just won the title back saying that he doesn't want him injured more and leave him off the table more this could cause any future issues between mvp and bobby lashley if they wanted to go that way in the future but this could also like you know sort of bring up the idea of an interim champion so to speak just saying like it doesn't have to actually be like that but they could have played about with it where you actually have mvp being the one that's like nope i'm not doing this to you look at how well um they uh, from the, well, actually, do you know what? It's not even look at how well. Look at the the consistency that they did that they held with Becky Lynch. The moment she realized that she was pregnant, they actually said, "Let's put that in the storyline. Let's actually tell everyone." Do you know what? You're pregnant, so that's why you're not going to be fighting. Why can't you just give us fans the respect of telling us, "Look, Bobby Lashley is injured." You could have MVP actually be the one to be like, Bobby, I'm taking you out this match. As your manager, I am taking you out this match. I do not want you injured and on the shelf even much longer. You could have put someone else in that chair pod and then you could have actually crowned a new champion. And you would have had like two, three weeks worth of build up towards it to actually make it more exciting, to make people want to actually check out the pay-per-view to see who would be become the winner. Uh, yeah. <laughs> No, like I said, it's an excellent, excellent point. And it makes you think that WWE don't care. And even the spot itself wasn't that great. And it's simple. Even if, you know, don't have, if you want him in a chamber, that's just crazy about one in a chamber. Just have a very How simple... Weak How weak have, It's just a backstage segment with a wrestler, called him Wrestler A, standing above Bobby, who's there holding his arm. And saying, I've just taken out Bobby Lashley. Let me in the chamber match. And then guess what? In four months' time when Bobby's back, he's got a reason to come back and fight someone. And it will be the guy that apparently injured him. It's simple storytelling. Yeah. They don't even bother. Honestly, it really is. It's, it's, it's baffling. It's Bobby versus Pexiglass at SummerSlam is how annoyed you know he's getting for what the chamber did. And it's, and it's crazy. Um, anyway... Moving on in the match, Styles entered next and took the fight to all three remaining. Uh, with opponents perched on the top rope, a recovery theory brought Rollins and Styles down with a double powerbomb, 
Riddle delivered a floating row, wiping Theory out. The clock counted down, and Wittersville was in concussion protocol. Lesnar kicked his way out of the pod and immediately eliminated Rollins, Riddle, and Styles. Well, shit. Uh, before I get your thoughts on him destroying these three, the rumours, and again, I don't know how true this is, this wasn't planned. Like, the referee's looking at Brock, who's kicking through. He wasn't meant to come out at that time, and he decided, fuck it, I'm doing it now. And you even see in the ring, I think Theory waving up the other guys and saying, Common, it's like, or, you know, Rollins saying, it's time now, as in to go through what happened. What were your thoughts? Wow, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, sometimes, like, these things have to be um, sort of made up and just kind of randomly done on the spot, especially when things go wrong. But if that wasn't supposed to happen, what the hell are you doing, Brock? Like, just, like, you know, we're already getting a much shorter match because they decided to, decided to take Bobby out. And you're telling me that you you couldn't be bothered to just play along with the with the storyline that they had going for you, which is to, to wait until the very end and just be annoyed that, at the fact that, Bobby Lashley is not in there and yet they still do this it's just baffling and the thing is it's two minutes for every entrant and it used to be five so that would but be by the... wait another two minutes well by the time the match finished in the old chamber match it would only been the third entrant coming out wow that's so... saying something I probably my maths is wrong. Someone's gonna say it's a fourth or fifth, but shut up. Uh, so, but again, that is saying so. We'll move on quickly. This left Austin Theory with Brock Lesnar. If you had that in your, uh, <laughs> who was going to be with Brock, probably wouldn't have gone well. Uh, Lesnar obliterated yeah. the young competitor with suplex, but Theory delivered a low blow and a rolling drop kick and DDT. Uh, it annoyed the beast. But showed that Vince cared. I used all of, all of those tactics to try and get that the him down. I really would have. <laughs> well, like I said, at least it worked. It showed Vince cared, and then Fury climbed the chamber. But Lesnar followed and proceeded to bash his face into the plexiglass side. And then again, Brock Lesnar's a lot of stuff that you can argue about. But the F five off the top, and fair play to Austin Fury to take it. I know it's more padded now than it used to be. But bloody hell, uh, Fury eliminated and your new WWE champion, Brock Lesnar, Mr. Ten Time. Uh, Chamber is 20 years old. It's the same as Brock's debut as well. What were your thoughts on it? Yeah, um, this was just such a disappointment. <laughs> it really was. Um Again, I think we talked about it a lot when it comes to the whole sort of Bobby Lashley injury. At first, none of us were really aware. So I felt like this was really poor booking, really poor 50-50 booking that they were just trying to get, uh, take the title back off of Bobby and that, you know, they that's how they were going to be keeping things. Um, uh, after hearing, obviously, that he genuinely is injured, I can understand that a lot more. But it's still just like it just was. It's just really lazy booking. It really was lazy booking, and it just uh, it just annoyed me so much that the women's elimination chamber match actually came across better for me. But this is um, what I felt like this was so poor. 
this is what we're getting, you know, and it seems that Rumble match, the women's was much better, even it'd be the money in the bank, the spots and the time. You know, the men's one is just like, well, Brock's going to go out and smash everybody, you know, mm. and that is what the Rumble but and the Chamber have been. They did. Yeah, they kind of wanted to do what they did with um, uh, Shayna, that one year where they made her look really good and dominant and stuff. However, this just kind of didn't work because you just like sort of pissed it out with with the whole uh Lashley thing in the first place. You pissed people off right there and then, you know? Yeah. Um I I, I, just, I genuinely think that uh my sister's idea about um you know kind of having M V P be the one that actually pulls him out of it was a great idea. Um I'm quite disappointed actually that she came up with it and they didn't. So um, I, I just wish that they had done that, you know. Um, instead, they didn't. Uh, we got to deal with it. I really hope that Bobby Lashley comes back soon. But as as much as it looks, it looks like he won't, won't even turn up at WrestleMania. So I'm just hoping come SummerSlam, he's still in the running for the for the title picture and can come back into like he, a, a good push again. Well, on Raw, they announced that Brock Lesnar would defend his WWE title against Bobby Lashley at MSG at the start of March. And then Heyman said if if, if Lashley can't make it, he'll name a suitable replacement. So again, oh. bait and switch. You're trying to sell the Lashley-Lesnar match. That yeah, is never still, why are we do- still, why are we doing that? Yeah. If we were going to actually have them, like, have Lashley return much earlier than he was expected, I'd expect him to be joined into this uh, and make a, a triple threat for this uh, this title uh, at you know WrestleMania, but I just don't I just don't agree with. Oh yeah, we'll give Bobby a, a separate match, you know, at some point down the line. Like, like don't bother to say anything until he's returned, and then just have Bobby Lashley come out and do what he does best and slay everyone until he actually gets the title shot he's meant to have. You know? uh, yeah, I would agree with that. What are you going to score the men's chamber match out of five? I'm sorry. I'm going to be really cynical. I'm going to give it a three. I'm going to give it a four. I don't think it was too bad. A fair play for theory for that bump. But Elimination Chamber should just be called Brock and Ronda beat everybody. That would be a lot easier. Uh, poll-wise, we asked Brock Lesnar 58%. Bobby Lashley, 29%. Seth Rollins, 10%. So, I mean, that was pretty close between the two uh, in that one, mm-hmm. even though I think we all went Brock. Here we go, Jax. We're going to have to do all this now. So, final scores. James and Jaxie on yeah. six. Monty and Gina uh, with... Well, I'm going to give it to them. I'm going to give it them because, obviously, we didn't get the Usos match. They both got seven out of seven, which is a score. And more annoyingly, get a bonus point as well. So what does that mean for prediction leagues? Well, bonus league, Monty and Gina both join you, Jaxi, on five points. Damn I... it! I thought this was going to happen. <laughs> they got the perfect score. I can't do anything. Them the rules. I am still in the lead with six. But the pay-per-view league is very, very bad. James on zero. Nought for free but don't worry because people who've listened to this for years knows i have never lost a wrestlemania prediction never ever and it ain't happening in 2022 so james will be on the board 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm literally going to be praying for you that you don't. <laughs> well, I tell you something, Monty is free for free, so we need to stop him. If I mean, I'll be nice okay. to his face, but between you and me and Gina, let's get him. He has to be stopped. We Right, you, Gina, yeah. and yourself are both on two. So if we can beat Monty, uh, you can join yeah. in the lead with him at Mania, and then we can be there. But again, the prediction league is so crazy because we get points for who wins the leagues. Our AEW prediction league starts next week as well with a course revolution. So that'll be a whole other kettle of fish. I know, but do you know what? People might not know this yet, but I rarely lose at AEW pay-per-views. Ooh. So that, oh, bring it! I am so, ready, and I'm bringing my A game. <laughs> and James, we we're not giving predictions. We're giving spoilers. We're gonna. She's it's gonna win AEW. I'm winning that Mania. We're gonna be back in it. Yeah, we <laughs> Watch this face, people. Watch it. <laughs> you watch it. Uh, so for James, the... if we end up at, at both at the lowest at the end of the year, do, uh, whoever whoever asks. Just tell them you don't need to tell. Uh, remind us that we lost. Okay, no, we're just but... gonna not, we're just gonna ignore it. What's <laughs> the best thing is even if we are at the end towards the end of the year, we still got year end predictions that we won't remember, and there'll be points galore. So even when we think we're at the end of the year, we still got that to go. Wow. <laughs> yes. Wow. At least we've got. At least we know we've got a way of being able to potentially uh, get back up there. It ain't over till it's over. Yep. Uh, but anyway, we look at Elimination Chamber. Match of the night has got to be by Lynch by a country mile, I think it'd be fair to say. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going to agree with you right there because that was all that was in my mind. That was match of the night. It was just brilliant. Perfect. MVP of the night? I'm going to go with Bianca Bella. That, that, that um, single-handed press was just incredible. So, yeah, Bianca. I'm going to go Lita because, like I said, that performance that she had as well was just incredible. And finally, writing out of 10. Mm, this is a tough one. I'm going to give it a 7. You're going to give it a 7? Yep. I'm going to give it an 8.5 just because... uh, Usually with paper, you look at it, what happened in it, was anything worthwhile? Yes, Brock Lesnar won the WWE Championship. And if you want a cracking match, you've got Lita versus Lynch. And if you're interested, you know, Reigns and Goldberg at the start wasn't too bad either. And like I said, even the Women's Chamber match delivered. So I think overall wasn't a, a bad show. But like you said, the problem is we know what they can do. And it's just not clicking at the moment. So maybe that changes at Mania. Yeah, I mean, I really, I really do hope that um, this does, this does sort of change. But yeah, right now it's just kind of not there. Well, we asked everybody what they the chamber and the results. Basically, people went for good over great, awesome, and okay. And there were two amazing facts from the chamber as well. Uh, one of them is that Roman Reigns has beaten uh, everyone who's ever held a Universal title. Of course, Universal title from 2016. He's been everyone's held that title since. I know what people are going to say. Seth Rollins wasn't pinned, but he still retained his title, so forget about it. Then <laughs> the second... I've already done this. And then the second one is... Uh, it's an amazing fact, because um, 
we talk about, of course, uh, black WWE champions. And in the history of WWE, just the WWE title, there's been four. Uh, we've had The Rock, Kofi, Big E, and Bobby Lashley. And what all four have in common now is they were all beaten for the WWE Championship by Brock Lesnar. Yeah. That's Brock... not surprising whatsoever. <laughs> that is just astonishing. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't even know, like, kind of how to react to that, apart from being just saying a big, very fuck you to Vince. <laughs> like, I don't really know what else to say. And on that note, we are going to leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Probably there. there is no more. We're going to have much more away soon. Like we said, we've got AEW Revolution. We're going to have nice Jaxie back. Yeah. Yay! I think I was pretty nice tonight. I gave I gave it my best shot. No, hey, well, you can only do what you do, you know. If it comes out negative <laughs> or positive, we'll find out later. You know, I, we probably slated it. I didn't mind the show overall, but again, it's the mm. minute detail that we go in, um, and that is it for today. I, mean, I gave show. it a seven, so yeah. I think that that was a, a pretty good uh, rating from myself. Well, the thing is, if you're really trying to be negative about WWE, you would have. Hated the Lita, um, like I said, Lita Lynch match, you would have rated really low. Uh, so that's yeah. how I know. Some people are just like, fuck WWE for no reason. You have a lot of reasons where I can't argue. It's it's the equivalent of, I left my boyfriend because of, what reasons are you leaving for? You give me a list of 20, I'm starting to think it was a good choice. You know, so that's what I'm saying. It's it's yeah. kind of it's kind of like that. But before we go, and we haven't done this in ages, but full of the week... This is a special one to uh, Fungi Mark, at MarkyMark1982. He messaged us on the Twitter, and we started the conversation. He thought we were cool, and we think you're cool, so you're the follower of the week. And don't forget, we're across all social media, Twitter, at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNR JR. Jaxie, where can people find you, apart from in the banner of the WNR Podcast as well on Twitter? Of course, um, you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at Jaxie Scarlett. Excellent. And we are on Facebook and Instagram across all going platforms. Send us an email, the WNR podcast at gmail.com and YouTube, the WNR podcast. We have all the latest clips of podcasts got at the same time on YouTube. They do SoundCloud on your phone and also Spotify and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate and review. So that is it. And Jaxie, hang on a minute. I've got some math. Massive earth-shattering news. If the rumours are true, the next show on the WNR podcast will be the return of the ultimate one who has not been seen in these parts since Halloween. Serious? Oh, that's going to be very exciting. How the ultimate one is going to have to deal with me and Gina, I don't know. We'll soon find out. That's exciting, though. Yeah, well, like I said, I don't know if he's up for... <laughs> I mean, this might change. This is the whole thing. Uh, he's definitely joining for Impact. We know coming up. And okay, we that's hope good. he, that's he good can enough. join us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, any way to get sort of uh, him back on board, that would be fun for me. So watch this space and hopefully we'll hear more from him soon. Yeah, we're out of doubt. But don't worry, you're going to hear more from Monty, Gina and Jaxie. Of course, like we said, AEW Revolution pre-show March 6th with the entire team.
WNR. I was going to ask you, you win, but you've already talking smack about winning predictions, so I, I would say. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> well, that's it. And what a fun episode it has been. I have been James Rollins and I was joined by the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. Thank you again for joining me. Thank you so much for having me again. Um, and thank you for putting up with uh, my um, sporadic negative comments but of course we all love them so <laughs> we wouldn't have it any other way thank you very much to you and thanks everyone for listening have a good one bye